So we're in the series Discovering the Will of God, and this is going to be, how long of the series is this going to be? You know. You never know, do you? At least six weeks, probably. You're like, I just keep on making sermons until I <laughs> exactly. run out of things to talk about. It's kind of, uh, it is a little bit, um, well, sometimes I go too long. Like, I meant to talk about a whole other thing, not a whole other <laughs> thing, but just like how it applied to our church, and like, I was like, oh, I can't do that now. I got to close, or everybody's gonna, we're going to be here till 3 p.m. I'll just go for it. Mm, no, I mean, no, it would have been fine. People would have started leaving. Not, New Year, not when everybody's died, you know, the New Year's resolutions, man. They were too. <laughs> Everyone got like lightheaded yeah, and started yeah. fainting. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> They've already had like three days of like not eating food they normally eat. So. so I did, I did test something because you talked about whenever you get up at night, you've been living in your house for 12 years and you have to turn on your phone flashlight <clears throat> and be able to see where you're going. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, te- I've been in our house, we've been in our house for like not even three years. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to take my phone with me. <laughs> and, uh, I will have, you know, I made it to the bathroom and I made it out into the living room. And then I did have to turn on the light to give the cats treats, but then I made it all the way back without wow. a flashlight or anything. And wow. I was like, this is like right when you woke up. Was, uh, middle of the night. So you like woke up from sleep? Yeah. Well, that's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, it was probably that's I, really good. I think I only been asleep for like two hours. Man, either you're also your house is clean and you have no obstacles, but uh, that is impressive. Yeah, I was I was kind of like your spatial awareness is incredible. Truly, maybe it had something to do with like sneaking out and navigating through the woods at night as a teenager. <laughs> that would that actually might have something to do with that. Yeah, you're well practiced. <laughs> that's why I see you do judo too for your exercise. It's like you're. Uh, you're so used to being out in danger. Yeah. I don't know how would call it to, danger. You need to be like if an animal attacks, you need to be able to not grapple with it when on the ground. You need to throw it. You need to throw that sucker. That's probably what I would do. It's like a coyote a coyote, you know, you know, just pounce on it. You gotta throw that thing. You can't just like wrestle it. That would probably be the best choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean if you throw it, it's gonna freak out. It's gonna be like, whoa. Yeah, judo like, that sucker. You're not ju- <laughs> you're not jujitsu in that thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I guess you're not. Uh, although I did hear a story of a kid that his dad got attacked by a wolf or something. Uh, was it a wolf? It was something. Okay. And he actually he actually fought off the the wolf. Wow. And uh, and then carried his dad back home. They were out hunting. Oh my gosh. And, uh, yeah. And so and then his. Wife, There's not a lot of places where wolves are. I mean, they must have been like the, uh, the wilderness. So the guy. Somewhere. He's in the military. He's a pararescue man. Okay. And his dad was telling him, like, as he was, this was back when he was a teenager, his dad was telling him, he was like, oh, you remind me of this pararescue man. And then, like, he grew up and, like, it just, like, stuck. And he, he went and became a pararescue oh man. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, that's interesting wow. stuff. <clears throat> so, all right. So, discover, discovering the will of God. We'll get, we'll get back on subject here. <laughs> so, that's a weird conversation that we're having. <laughs> discovering the will of God. And... I guess, can we discuss what is the will of God first off? I mean, do we know what it is, or are we just talking about discovering it for ourselves? What are we really breaking down here in this series? Yeah, that's a great question. So the will of God would just be what it is that God wants and makes sure is going to happen, essentially. So, And those are probably two different things. God can have desires that ultimately might be uh, limited by something else. Um 
or also, of course, to that. Uh, but largely, when we talk about the will of God, we're talking about the, you know, his plan and purpose, not only uh, in the large scale things, but also in the small scale, which would be for us, you know. And uh, so when we're commanded to uh, keep in step with the Spirit, be led by the Spirit, you know, these are largely will of God, you know, uh, sayings, right? Because you're wanting to, that you can kind of think of itself as like a soldier, like a keep in step with or be led by, right? Uh, or, of course, in Romans 12, 2, you know, it says that we are to be transformed by the renewing of our minds so that by testing, we might know what the will of the Lord is, the good, pleasing, and perfect will. So, um, so there is, I think, for sure, a uh, obviously a very large scale will of God, what he's ultimately doing in the world. And then also, uh, then for you as well. So, I guess you know we're mainly going to focus on that for you part. Both we'll, we'll do both, but well, there? but it it'll be a lot of how we discern following the Spirit, the specific will of God for us. Yeah. For okay. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a cool series. So we'll get into a couple of things here. Uh, When you were talking about one, kind of one of the first things that you jumped into, this was after the flashlight incident, uh, <laughs> was uh, loving others, doing for them what uh, Jesus does for, did for us, mm-hmm. or does for us. Uh, so we kind of see this, I was thinking, you know, like in the Lord's Prayer, you know, uh, where uh, forgive us our trespasses, we forgive others who trespass against us. That is, That would be an example of that. Oh yeah, moment. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of the big one though, I guess that would be, wouldn't mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. Um, and so you also talked about, uh, you know, mercy, uh, kind of falls under that same line. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess really that is the same thing, isn't it? Well, when you talk about mercy there, are you talking about the mercy that God showed us in forgiving our sins or the mercy that he shows us and not just like blowing us up for being the, you know, <laughs> arrogant sinners we are. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, forgiveness can have a very specific, this was the wrong done, and this is what it cost me because of the wrong you did. Where, some, where mercy often, it can have very much a very much a wrong, you know, a wrong was done, but it doesn't always necessarily have to be maybe on the scale of, um, of like a, you know, of a, like a, breaking a wall or something it just is uh the reality of treating people with um you know you're not basically making them bear the cost of whatever maybe foible or fault or failure that they that they have you know uh and um and you know god's mercy of course you know to us is that he it's also very close to grace we're also but grace of course is something more of like you know, an unmerited favor where it's like, you know, you were actually getting the resources of uh, someone who deserves the resources, even though we don't deserve it. So it's, uh, um, so yeah, so forgiveness, mercy, grace, you know, all those things are words that are close, but in a way kind of can be, have some minor differences. Yeah. Not, not quite like, uh, 
feel like all these, though, when you really break it down, because I was going to say, like, well, generous, that one's, like, way different, but you can be mm-hmm. generous in mercy, too, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I guess, you know, it kind of falls, in, they all kind of fall in line there, very much, uh, mm-hmm. very characteristic of each other there. So, uh, when we're being generous to others, you know, I feel like you say the word generous, and here in the United States, people are immediately like, don't you come after my wallet, <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, but generosity yeah. can be uh, a lot of things. I mean, we can be generous in our compliments to people, uh, in our, you know, praise to them, uh, you know, and like, say, like, you know, they do something, uh, you know, impressive at work or something, or or even just like a friend, you know, gets up, you, you can be generous in, uh, you know, complimenting them, stuff like that mm-hmm. as well, right? Mm-hmm. And that that kind of falls in line here for us to be generous and generous in, in good things. That mm-hmm. is not just necessarily like handing somebody a ten dollar bill, right? Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, it certainly does mean both. You know, it, it just would mean our resources, so that can include time and yeah, yeah. talents, right? Uh, but also your money, your treasure as well. So it's like Paul when he's, uh, you know, telling the Corinthians about giving. He says, you know, he uses the example of Christ, though he was rich, became poor so that you who are poor might become rich. So, you know, he's again, appealing to uh, what Jesus did for us as an appeal. Now that was an appeal for money uh, when Paul was, you know, bringing that out. So, you know, love ultimately finds its definition in what Jesus did for us. Uh, and that, you know, we extend that to uh, to others. That way you get a little bit out of your, um, uh, you know, when you had the law, you, of course you had, well, who is my neighbor, you know? We're supposed to love our neighbor as myself. Well, who's our neighbor? You know, and then you're always trying to like, uh, who do I really have to love, you know? Uh, but when we say love like Jesus loves, it's basically uh, given that definition uh, by the very life and actions of Christ. So I'm going to read, because uh, you were in First John chapter 2, and I want to read verse 10 here. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light, and in him there is no cause for stumbling. First off, what does that mean, no cause for stumbling? Like, no cause for the one who loves his brother to not stumble? I... Yes, the person who is uh, not hating their brother uh, is basically, and whoever loves their brother, they're walking in the light. So it means that, uh, just like when you have a flashlight at night, you you know where you're going, and you're not being directed by uh, things that like you know that are basically like action in darkness. And that's sort of the, overall, the whole kind of point of my sermon sermon is like, when we, um, when we lack love, and envy is a lack of love, boasting is lack of love, being irritable, arrogant, keeping a record of wrongs, but envy is the one particularly which guides our life so much. And so we can probably be pretty sure that if the course of our life is largely being dictated by the envy of others, trying to have the uh, things that other people have that we want, um, and if that's dictating a whole lot of course of your life and your soul, you can be pretty sure that you're walking in darkness. 
Um, not just, um, but of course, if you have animosity towards your brother, you're going to definitely, there's going to be lots of causes for stumbling there too, um, which is kind of more the traditional definition of hate. Um, you know, animosity obviously gets you into a place of like where you outright try to do evil things to the, to the person or revenge or whatever it might be. So, yeah, I love your analogy there, like how you break that down as, you know, because the scripture says that, uh, just in that verse that I just read there, that you went over, uh, whoever loves his brother abides in the light. And, you know, my my note here says uh, that light is where we experience uh, everything else around us. Yeah. And I believe that's what that's basically what you said at, yeah. uh, on Sunday. And that was really impactful because I thought about that. And I'm like, yeah, you know, if you're stuck in this, like, hate... It's just like you're not seeing anything else. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you're if you're so focused on, you know, who you don't like, who you can't stand or who what you don't like or what you can't stand, that's that just clouds everything else around mm-hmm. you. And you're not really experiencing everything else in the world. Yeah, you totally are. You know? And you are in darkness, you know, and I think especially understanding what God wants for you, what he um, maybe what he wants from you you're just going to, you're really not going to understand if you don't understand how important it is to love the people around you. Um, for sure. So when he talks about, you know, I got to ask this weird question as usual, how, you know, he who loves his brother abides in the light, but now who, who is, who is our brother? So this would be, I think, particularly other Christians. Uh, I think John, for you know, John probably certainly has other Christians in mind here. Um, so now, would this also extend out to uh, uh, all members of human the human race for sure? But not maybe necessarily in the same way. There's a particular way that you have a responsibility to your Christian brother or sister that that often you don't have a responsibility to a non-Christian brother or sister. But that doesn't mean you have no responsibility to sure, a non-Christian yeah. brother or a non-Christian person. Uh, just the just the word brother is, means in the family of, right? And we are not in uh, any longer in a family of the kingdom of darkness. You know, we're in the family of, uh, of God now. And so, so this would be particularly... Uh, other Christians, so, and um, and you know, it's really it, it doesn't take long for you to be a part of any kind of Christian community to um, be tempted to hate other Christians, um, whether they're a part of your Christian community or maybe part of the larger Christian community, because you know they say things that are wrong or you disagree with or they hurt you or they do terrible things to you or whatever it might be, and it gets very very quick or to people you love. So it's uh, it gets very very the rubber meets the road very very quick, um, and uh, so you, it's uh, one of the things that's so vital about our walk in life is that if you are going to like be enshrouded in darkness, you know basically be a person who hates their brother or sister, or sort of walks in a in a real lack of love. Uh, for your brother and sister. Sometimes people say, well, I don't hate anybody. That's a little bit more like I am. 
But what they mean by that is I don't really have active animosity toward anybody, but we do see that um, if you envy somebody, you don't love them. You know, mm -hmm. if you are irritable with someone, you don't love them. If you are um, keeping a record of wrongs, you know, you don't love them. And so um, I think that's an important thing to, to really remember uh, about a lot of this with our uh, Christian brothers and sisters. So what you're saying is we're not supposed to, I don't know, attack every single other congregation out there and say that they're wrong and going to hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely just, saying that for I sure. Ju I just think that's the biggest problem in the church today is it's so hard. Like you could, when you, cause it, it, I just feel like it's constant. You know, yeah. I see, I see articles and everything. I mean, even in certain, you know, so-called Christian news sites that they spend their entire time just attacking people and that are Christians. And I'm mm -hmm. like, what are you doing? Like, yeah, it's like, it's fine. Like they're, they're allowed to do that. They, if they yeah. want to build a new building, they can leave them alone. You know? Like, yeah, that's geez. right. Yeah. You know, and that, and that's such a, such a good point. Right. Because you can actually, if you take the first Corinthians definition of love, you can actually see a lot of times in people's criticisms of other Christians, it's, you can see their irritation, right? You can yeah. see that they're not hoping all things, you know, uh, <laughs> right there. Uh, you can see the real lack of love you know, for sure. Yeah. And, uh, and that's why it's, uh, but it, man, just, it, it's so vital to me. I think so helpful that, you know, the new Testament really clears away our bull crap with religion. You know, it just, because it is so, easy to say you love God but then not like people are there you know what I'm saying and it just and the New Testament John Paul others Peter they're having none of that mm -hmm. they're just having none of that you know particularly John he spells it he says it right out he said you cannot say you love God and hate, hate your brother, brother. Yeah. You just, it's just, and, and it's so it's such an important reality for us that like you know, and that's what Jesus, you know, when he at the last, you know, the last supper stands up and says a new command I give you. And, but he also talks about, if you love me, you obey my commands. Well, what's my command? My command is that you love one another as I have loved you. So he actually really makes, um, obedience to God, uh, synonymous or almost the same as loving like Jesus loves. So how do you know you obey God? Well, you love like Jesus loves, uh, so which is has which is the human dimension of it, right? You're 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 doing it to other humans, um, but that's how you obey God, which is you know ultimately what the law is all about anyway. But yeah, and you're this is like just basically going into that new commandment thing. Uh, I mean, I just literally plucking it right out of First John two here. Yeah. Well, exactly. he says a new commandment, but an old commandment. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know, it's yeah, like yeah. so. It's new to you, <laughs> but yeah. it's actually it's actually old. It's new in Christ. <clears throat> Love has always been there, but it's new yeah. in Christ. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. You know, it's a that's an interesting, uh, I don't know, like breakdown of that, like you know, especially like 
Peter and John, they're having none of it. They're not having <laughs> any of that. That's that's not what's going on here. Uh, that's good. So, <clears throat> so yeah. So we're talking primarily our Christian brother. Uh, that's who is uh, being uh, really directed at here. But we're not called to hate anybody. Uh, you know, we're not like oh, there's dirty non Christians, right, pagans, right. whatever you want to call them. Uh, that's not that's not the route that we're going down here. Um. <clears throat> You, <laughs> I got to bring this up. I have to. <laughs> you said uh, you pointed out that there's a an IQ test for people to, <laughs> to be in the military. I was like, oh no, what's going to about? <laughs> yeah, like, people are too stupid to be in our military, but they are allowed on the internet. <laughs> no, that was I, probably the best line for the sermon. I I uh, I've used that already. Like I used that <laughs> I used that today at work and. <laughs> I was like, I got, this one's going down. Like it's it's made my list of quotes. <laughs> I have a huge list of quotes that I keep in my phone. That's uh, hilarious. That yeah. that one's made it for sure. Yeah, isn't it something like at least like twenty or twenty five percent of all applicants in the military are rejected on the basis of IQ? Like they're just like you know just not smart enough to be in the military, and um, you know so yeah, but they are allowed on the internet. Yeah, so I actually <laughs> I do keep that in mind a lot, especially when people are insulting me or. Or um, you know, criticizing what it is I believe in in ways that I, I find to be just like incredibly, uh, incredibly like I feel I often like my my compassion goes out to them because I'm like your whole question here makes you sound dumb. But um, so but I do try to keep that I really do try to keep that in mind that uh, there are a lot of people that just uh, you know I would call that essentially like an intellectual disability like it just is not it's not something uh you know you should never make fun of somebody who was born with only one leg so i wouldn't want to ever like uh make fun of you know make fun of someone who's just never gonna be able to have the rational capability to understand some of these things but or the you do but you do wonder oh yeah i mean you're kind of one but you're doing okay uh and so uh, yeah, you should apply for the military. See if they let you in. <laughs> yeah, they would. They would reject me based on my age alone. I'm pretty sure. They'd yeah, be like, they you're sure pretty they old. Um, but you do do judo, so they like, might. They might let. They might give you. A... <laughs> they'd be like, "Oh, how long have you been doing that?" And I'd be like, four months." And they'd be like, so "See ya." <laughs> this good guy one. can throw people though. Uh, no, that's, um, <laughs> they'd be like, you're on what medications? <laughs> Get out of here. You're, you're too old. You're too that's sick. Great. We can't that afford you. Uh, so, you know, you already mentioned a little bit of it. You know, you were talking about envy and boasting and all that stuff. Uh, first Corinthians 13, four through seven, the whole, what love is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think like, isn't that the, isn't that the one that's read at like weddings and stuff? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah you know, for sure. Hall of Fame, the ultimate <laughs> verse, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And then what's our divorce rate in this country again? Mm-hmm. Uh, man, not reading that Bible every day, are we? Uh, <laughs> get on it. Get on it, people. Uh, you know, uh, we're, we're bad for it, too. My wife and I were, like, really good at it uh, before we had kids. Mm-hmm. And now, like... Like, I, I'm trying to, like, set a new time for it because, uh, like, it gets to the end of the night. Like, like my wife is literally, like, like if I don't let her go to bed, she's going to fall asleep on the, like, yeah. on the floor in the hallway. You know? Yeah. Like, you yeah, know. you got to give yourself some grace uh, to figure out the new normal when it comes to yeah. new, new babies. I'm like, maybe I should just, maybe I should just quit my job and we can do it in the morning. 
<laughs> yeah. That would create a whole other set of oh, another set of problems. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm looking into this working from home thing, yeah. trying to figure that out. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Uh, but you talked about, you know, this is kind of uh, well, now, well, now, hold on. I, I do want to. I want to. There's, there's two things that I needed to needed to ask about here. So, uh, first off. You were even talking about like spending an increased amount of time on social media uh, causes uh, depression mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah, is that sure. proven? Like, oh yeah, yeah, like yeah, big I mean, time. I don't doubt it. I just want to make sure that that's like a proven thing. Yeah, big time. Uh, and you were you were relating like like if you're if you're just if you're just looking at everyone else's stuff, you're going to experience envy and fall in depression mm-hmm. and that. Uh, but if you're posting a bunch of things trying to get people to, I guess, envy your life, I suppose, uh, that also ends up spiraling into depression because you're you're not getting the feedback that you want, I guess. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. So yeah, this is really I mean, it's really uh, the reason why I brought all of this up is, because when you think about the will of God, and you think about, um, you won't know the will of God if you're wa- if you're walking in hatred toward another person, you know. Which is, you know, but I also kind of brought it into like a lack of love. Mm-hmm. If you envy another person, that's not loving that person, right? Because love does not envy; it does not boast. Well, think about that for a second. Think of how much envy often dictates the course of our life and decisions. And uh, so one of the things I think which is helpful for me is to say, okay, if I'm trying to learn and discern the will of God for me, if envy's out of the picture, like uh, basically it means like, what, do, what are the things I know that other people have that I want and uh, often that I am envying or tempted to envy if i am just honest with those and sort of said okay lord i'm not necessarily just going to try to listen to you or discern the will of god based on what it is i want from those things because a lot of times when we when we think about learning god's will we have probably in our imagination the end result ultimately is some sort of fulfillment uh of the things that we want in life right like uh, and that's why we get so worried about the will of God often is because we really want to know is it does God, if he has the specific thing for me to do or whatever it is he might want me to do, uh, big or small, is that still kind of in alignment with the things I want most of and that's the part that is actually uh, one of the areas where I think we need to die to um, because a lot of that is so filled with self. And it's never going to be bad stuff. Nobody wants to just be like, uh, I still have not met any Christian that's like, I want to have an amazing body count, you know, how many women I can sleep with or how many men I can. You know, it's not that. It's like, it's basically like when it comes to the family I want, the amount of money I want, the amount of options I have, the career, the, well, you know, that's what it kind of comes down to. And I think for us, understanding that, um, that the word of God, or I'm sorry, I'm sorry, the will of God is actually something you can know and understand. That's what light is. 
you know, when you un light helps you understand everything around you, but you see everything. But to be dark is to not love. When, and envy is just one of the ways we walk in darkness. So for me, um, the specific example I gave on Sunday was I really am jealous of a lot of like preachers who get lots of speaking engagements. You know, that's not probably typical of a lot of people, but like that's not, that's one of the things I get envious. If I see other people get speaking engagements, I'm like, dang, I wish I could have that. Um, so, but it's, so it's easy for me to think then, uh, yeah, all right, Lord, what are you doing in my life in such a way where the ultimately I'm going to be like a VIP Christian that can get lots of speaking engagements, right? Like, what are you doing, Lord, that, you know, and then I tend to uh, see in the will, of, if I see something in the will of God that doesn't seem like it's going to get me to the things I envy, <laughs> you know, then I'm like, I really wrestle with the will of God there, you know, I don't like it, if, if right. you know, and so um, that's why I'm saying it's, but, and, but for me just to go full bore after being a, a highly sought after speaker, um, again, this is not a bad thing. I, I really love high, some like guys who get tons of speaking engagements. I, there's so many influential people that I really enjoy listening to. I'm glad they have those speaking engagements. But if I just like, went full bore after it and just saying, I want it, that's God's will, mm, that's not a place uh, usually then where you're walking in a light. You're sort of, like I said, you're not turning the headlights on your car at midnight and just pushing the gas and kind of hoping for the best. I'm hoping you can navigate. So, um, so envy is one of those things I believe, uh, and you know, it's twin boasting, which is the get what you want and then you start bragging about it, right? So, um, and uh, so, but envy is one of those things for sure that dictates the course of your decisions in your life in a way we're very often unconscious of. But when we become conscious of it, too, we take it to the cross. We die to it. We die to it daily. Those desires, and again, they're not going to be bad desires. And that doesn't mean God's not necessarily going to give them to you. It just means that you die to them. You don't let those desires dictate the course of what you, how you discern God's will. So when we're talking about this, I get, I'm getting, I feel like it's mixed signals. All right, because... The last part that you just said there sounded like you were saying, like, uh, it's a, it's, it's like a maybe sort of thing. <clears throat> Cause you mentioned like, if you were to go like full bore, like after like speaking engagements kind of thing. And, uh, I mean, are you saying don't go after things unless God gives them to you? I, so this is a great, yes. So this is a great question. And I'll answer this in the upcoming some of the upcoming sermons because you really have to wrestle with your desires, right? Especially desires for things that are not bad or desires just for good things. You know, uh, what do you do with those? Uh, and um, well, because God has a will for you, uh, you have to understand um, that He's going to get you to a place that you're going to do His will. And and you know, I think He's going to get us all to a place too where we actually like delight to do his will but it's a journey for sure and um so i but i i think one of the mistakes we make on one end and i have certainly been in i've certainly had this mistake a bunch in my life is you can mistake your desires 
for being what it is that God want, is wanting to do with you. You totally can. Um, yeah. And that doesn't mean your desire is bad, but you can just equate it with, well, I, I think God wants me to do this then too because I want it. Uh, that's not necessarily true. Now, you also, there's sometimes kind of masochistic Christians a little bit that are like, just because I want it, it means that God is totally against it. Like, God's totally against my desires, and there's no, you know, what I want is bad. And so... So they're so, basically so saying they never want so, anything so. good. Well, you, you ever... Well, and, and actually, this plays out... Well, it's actually interesting because I mean, they have a lot of guilt, um, and it, but they understand that they have desires, but they should be ready to give them up at any moment. And, you know, it's like... It's, it's funny because, you know... A lot of people are like, "Oh, I want to be a, you know, I want to be a mom," but it's like I should be a missionary in Africa or whatever, you know. It's like because you, know, you just kind of a, can equate some things, right, with um, a wrongly, right, in your desires. So there's like two ends of the spectrum, but I think for, I'll, I mean, I'll just speak for me. Um, it is really easy for me to look at my soul, my desires, my will. A soul's mind, will, emotions. It's really easy to look at my my desires and be like, "Oh, because I think it, or because I feel it, because I want it, and it's a good desire." That m- means uh, that's w- one indicator of the will of God, and uh, that's not necessarily the case. Yeah, I, I mean, just that that whole logic dance there. What do they call that? Mental gymnastics. Mental judo. Uh, Judo. Uh, sure, that's probably more descriptive, better descriptive there. So, I feel like when you say, no, I mean, you aren't saying it, but you're, you know, the the character here. I I want to be a mom, but I should go be a missionary in Africa. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, you know, I had a guy tell me one time because I I told him this was like early Christian. Okay, still friends with this guy. He's basically the one that you know led me to Christ in the first place. Uh, you know, he was, he was that, he, he, what was he? He was my Paul, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. like Paul was yeah. going to stuff. <clears throat> so I said to him, I was like, oh no, <clears throat> never having kids. I don't want kids. Don't want anything to do with kids. Like I'm good. Like your, your kids. Cool. Like I, I'm totally down with you never having kids. And he looked at me, he was like, that is not up to you. And I was like, you are out of your mind. <laughs> and then like. Not even a decade later, I was like, I cannot wait to have kids. Yeah. And I was like, what is happening to me? <laughs> you know. Yeah. And then and then I married his cousin and had kids with her. So. You know? uh, so. Oh, really? That's funny. I didn't know yeah, that Michael yeah. was the cousin. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So you know, cool little twist there. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but, so I I guess that's where my point is though. Because I I I am in this like belief where I'm like. I'm never going to be where God doesn't want me to be. Is that is that true? Uh, yes. Asterisk, I think. Right. <laughs> sure. Like, there's like some. You God is going to accomplish His will completely through you for sure, hundred percent. Yeah, it will happen. It's not we like... know that from Ephesians two ten, Philippians two. And for I, sure. It's not like I'm going to like make a trip to the grocery store and God's going to be like, no, I didn't want you to go to the grocery store today. Right. You know, like right. That's, that's not what I'm But I'm it's saying. like, if we, but you know, we can still sin. And that's where it's like, sure. 
I'm in the strip club right now. Does God want me? You know, is God? Yeah, not, I, he must yeah. want that and, for me because I'm here. It's and like, my, no, yeah, and no, I, no. when I say like I'm never gonna be where God doesn't want me to be. Yeah, I'm like I mean like in life. Yes, yes. You, know? you don't mean yeah. sin, sin. Yeah, I I just mean like in life, uh, in in like general. Yeah, you know, and so that's where. So to get back to you know the scenario there, so how like that's a very broad piece there like going and being a missionary in africa or having kids uh i suppose you could do both there's always that third option i wouldn't recommend it but is the one that you choose going to be the right one or are we just or or, or is just the, the 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 mentality of the approach here just what's wrong well yeah the so there's so much to this right because um i mean Going back to Romans twelve two, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Uh, that by testing, you uh, may discern the will of God is good, pleasing, and perfect will. So there's actually a test. So if you if you see that, there is a testing to God's will, you know, and it has to do with a renewed mind. It has to do with understanding the leading and work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and, you know, and that's why I think it's so, but one of the areas, of course, that we all, we tie it often to, like, future so often and tie it to future and career, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But that's why I started with First John, because I started with love. And, uh, you know, because... One of the things that's so easy to miss, and often when you're trying to discern the will of God, is um, really uh, how just the lack of love that comes into that whole paradigm of discerning the will of God. And we'll talk about that some more. But so there's a whole bunch of that too. So there, uh, you know, there are going to be sometimes. You look at Paul. You know, there were times where he's like, I chose to go to, um, you know, was it into Europe or Asia or Macedonia or whatever, and uh, the Holy Spirit prevented him, you know. So, but then he had a dream, and he's like, and then I perceived that it was good to go, you know. But he kind of, you know, he seemed to, he took his uh, leading a lot. He had desires, he wanted to go in, but then the Holy Spirit prevented him, but then eventually he was able to go. Uh, that he discerned through a dream, you know. So uh, there are lots of different things. Now, would that be things uh, you you want, don't want to do it about grocery store, you know, blah blah blah, yeah, you know, right, that kind of thing. But when it comes to the relationships in our life, there are that is probably a good way that you can discern the will of God very easily by testing, and that's usually where it kind of comes down to a lot of times, right? Um, because, uh, you know, your relationship with your wife, with your children, with your co-workers, with your, uh, your pastor and the people who go to your church with you, you know, um, these are the, these are the things often that will dictate a lot of what it is that, you know, a lot of the choices that we're making throughout a day, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, um, and so, and even money, how we're going to use our money, how are we going to, you know, and then there's obviously the bigger decisions usually, uh, which have to do more future. But there's a whole bunch of 
actually this week's sermon coming up is basically uh, learning how much the will of God is about not getting what you want, but wanting what you have. And uh, that's one of the hardest things about discerning the will of God is actually coming to a place where the will of God is us coming to a settled acceptance and a receiving of actually what it is we have right now, even if it's not what we want, you know. It's very difficult for, you know, like a married couple wants to have a baby, they're childless, you know, it's like, wow, like, man, you know, it's a good thing to want to have a kid, but they can't for whatever reason. Yeah. How do you discern, uh, you know, this is not a bad desire, but what do you, what do you do with that desire? What is the will, you know, what's the will of God here as, you know, maybe the months and years go on that you can't have children, you know, like my desire to be like, you know, maybe more influential in the Christian community, right? Like, not necessarily a bad desire, could be bad desire, could be very selfish, just self-aggrandizing, but like, you know, I appreciate people who are influential in the Christian community, you know, so, but that might never happen either, right? So, um, you know, so how do I live today and tomorrow in our in, in our church in light of the fact that largely probably what my soul might want the most isn't happening, you know? And how do you manage that? You know, and that's a, and that's like the will of God definitely comes into that for sure, you know? Um, you're working a job where you're not maybe getting paid enough. You know, should you move? Should you, you know, there's this, all this stuff like kind of... Um, but I think the will of God is actually a thing that is, um, you know, that is sort of a, you know, it, it's, it takes discernment. There's testing to it, you know, um, and, uh, and, there's, and there's often a lot of supernatural actions of the Holy Spirit involved in it as well, um, of which you will, you'll see and, and perceive. So we'll talk about kind of going forward, some of the ways in which we perceive the will of God. Um, are, are you going to cover testing it as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why I was like, how many weeks is this going to be? It's like, well, I, you know, because it like, kind of gets into a lot. You know, it's, it does. It, you I know, mean, it gets like into a like lot of, venturing into like the next sermon yeah. or something here. <laughs> yeah, I always feel like I'm kind of like, I'm already like walking through Jello, or so it's kind of like hard to like get through. Uh, so, but, um, you know, one of the, but yeah, but one of the areas, I think that's what's actually so important to say is, one of the testing areas is, as I'm thinking about the course of my life, what God wants, what He's doing, my desires, all of that. Uh, how much of the course of my life is dictated by envy, you know, which is going to get me to walk in darkness. Envy is going to get me to walk in darkness. And if I took out what it is I want for myself, then what does that open to me up to to be open to the will of God? Uh, which is, for me, a very interesting question. Like, if I took what I wanted completely out of the picture, would that help me understand the will of God for me way more? Uh, which is very difficult because I want what I want. I was, you know? I was worried about to yeah. say that. Yeah. I was like, I don't know, man. That's, that's hard. <laughs> it is hard. You know, I think too, though, uh, you know, as you've been kind of saying, there, there is a need to really 
know, analyze the things that you do want. Like, do I want these because I want them, or do I want them because God wants them? Yeah, because there is that whole like our desire or his desires become our desires, you know. And so yes. it's like, but is and how do you this, discern that? Yeah, there's there's a lot of work to do there. It is. You it's know? hard. It, it is uh, really hard. I, I actually. <clears throat> I'm struggling with something similar to that right now. Uh, there's like, there's like this one part of me that's like, do it. Cause you know, like, and like in my mind, I'm like, do it because you know, God's already said that he'll bless it, you know? And I'm like, you, you are a nut. Like, you're a nut and you need to chill out. You know, like I got like these yeah. two sides of me that are kind of like worn at each other. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm sitting still for a minute. Yeah, praying on it, seeing what, seeing what comes about, you know. Yeah, and that's so wise. Like I, I actually, my prayer times have changed a lot too. To me, asking specific questions of God, and then I'm just being like, I'm not going to move until I get an answer. That was actually what I did last time. Yeah. On, I, I'm, I'm not going to go into details, but I was like, I was like, basically, if that's what you want to happen, then this needs to happen first. And I'm mm-hmm. like, just, you just make that happen, God. And I know exactly what, what the deal is, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I, you know, maybe that, maybe that specifically is the wrong way, but that's all I got right now. Well, there <laughs> certainly is a way that, that, you know, Gideon certainly did that, you know, for sure. But wait, really? What? Well, that's like Gideon's fleece, right? Like, Oh no, hold on. I'm not, I'm, the only thing I remember about Gideon is, uh, you know, like the the men and the the lapping up the wall. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. Like, what what was up with the fleece? I, I don't well, so that like, part. yeah. So God commanded him. Was it you're gonna get his army attack? You know, uh, the people basically you're delivering the Israelites. And he was like, well, if the if the fleece is wet and the whole ground's dry, then I'll know. You remember, you never remember this. Okay, now face. I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah and then yeah, doesn't he? Yeah. Then that doesn't he do it again? He's like, if the yeah, ground he, is dry, he goes opposite. Yeah, the, he's the like, hold on, dry, and the ground is wet. <laughs> yeah, and actually, <laughs> this is like what's so. This is what's so cool. I think and interesting about God and prayer is like God is actually pretty open to us negotiating with Him. And and this is so weird to me, and I don't understand this at all. This is probably a whole other podcast. Well, but this is yeah. like, <laughs> I, just, I mean, I just read, you know, Bible reading plan, January, starting Genesis. I'm not, I just read, you know, uh, Abraham, um, where in the two men, the angels that are going to destroy Sodom, he's like, what, hey, would you not destroy it if there were 50? And uh, they're like, we won't. And they're like, well, what about 45? We want 40, 30, 20. And he finally gets to the tent. He's just negotiating with God. Like Abraham would be great yeah. at buying a car. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? I mean, and but you see it all. And even what you said there with your thing was just like, hey, Lord, I think, can, can this thing happen so that I'll know that this is the right way? Like, that is, like, totally legitimate. Like, it is, like... I, I feel it's better a, about it's it like it's, Yeah, it's, like, not outside of the way... Right, it's like not outside of the way we sort of discern things. I think, and that's actually one thing that's really enlivened my prayer life is to start asking God questions. And I actually have two specific questions out there right now, um, about some things that are pretty minor, but like just like, but again, it's one of those things that's like, I could just go do this, but it's going to take a lot of time, effort, resources, that kind of thing. 
And if you're not with me, it's just I'm sunk. I mean, I just like I need to know that you're gonna you're gonna you're with me and you're helping me. Like I, you know, um, even my TikTok channel right now too. I'm sort of just like, Lord, what would you like me to be making? What are some of the, and obviously I, I can make videos like just using my mind, you know, right? And like my right. whatever I can make. But I think I'm actually taking a little bit of step back and just being like. Or what, what kind of videos do you think would I make? And then how would I know that it is that you're a lead there? And um, and then, but then also sometimes too, we're just like, if there's like a prolonged nothing, you don't get anything on something like that, you know, where it's like, I'm bringing you into this Lord. And if you, you know, uh, and if there's like a prolonged nothing, it's usually just like, well, Dave, just use your brain, use your brain and creativity and, you know, that kind of thing. Like, I'm not prohibiting you from doing these things. I'm just not giving you the step-by-step direction. Not that you necessarily give me a step-by-step thing anyway, but, um, but yeah, that's one of the things that's, that is interesting about the, that will, discerning the will of the Lord. You know, Proverbs 3, you know, um, you know, do not lean on your own understanding, right? In all your ways, acknowledge him. Which is basically, what does it mean to not lean on your own understanding? It's basically say, I could probably just normally do this under any situation here. But, Lord, I'm bringing you in here. I'm just bringing you in. And because I'm bringing you in, I'm letting you have the say here. And, uh, it's a totally different way to live, uh, but it's incredible, you know, at the same time, too, of, like, the fruit that's born through it, you know? I don't know. Talking about making moves, too. Sounds a little scary as well. What's that? <laughs> sounds a little scary as well. What's scary? Making moves. Well, you, you know, well, when, when you have a big life decision, you know, or, or a big change, that, that can be scary, man, you know? Oh, yeah, for I mean, sure. You, I don't care who you are, you know, so... Yeah, I mean, I remember I told this story before, not in the podcast, but I think in one of my sermons, but just like I was really struggling with um, church planning as a pastor. I really thought it was a great idea for me to go bivocational because I could actually take all the money that was going to my salary and put it towards the church and just do some other things, you know, while I went and worked a job. And I actually got, uh, I applied for a job, I got the job offer, and I just kind of cursory went and prayed about it. Just, you know, I don't know, just kind of went out and was like, I got the job offer, Lord, just bring it before you, you know, whatever. Just not thinking anything really of it. But I actually felt like on that walk that I was not to take that job. And I was like devastated because I really, really wanted to like take that job, you know. So that's one of the things, too, that's like, you know, there was nothing wrong with me taking the job, going by vocational or anything like that, there wasn't in a, like, normal, in your own understanding sense. Like, no human being would have been like, wow, I think that's a really bad idea, you know? Right. Uh, but just, yeah, the Holy Spirit was like, no. You know, like, no. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like, what do you mean, no? What do you mean, no, no, no. <laughs> so, I didn't ask you to say no. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, I was just like being nice. Like, yeah, just like yeah, I, I need just, you to just like, I need you to like bless this. I was asking for blessing, <laughs> not, not direction. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Like I.